back with the SpiceCast. I'm Ben Job, your host. Uh, thanks to Dan Buller doing our engineering today and all our lovely volunteers, which aren't here today, but they're here all the time. So uh, thank you, uh, Zach and Cassidy, for doing some photos for us last time. Thanks again for listening. You know you can find us on the iTunes, so rate us there. But today, we got uh, Black Market Haggis. We got Garrett, Mike, and Andy, all from Black Market Haggis. Y'all make up the whole troop, right? That's it. Right. That's it. Right. Very cool. And uh, this is, I guess this is a tied in a ton with traditional music and stuff. But what, did y'all know this stuff growing up or what? Not really. Um, we all grew up, well, let's see, I know Garrett and I grew up in this area. I don't think Andy did. No. <laughs> but uh, but no, there's there's not a lot of traditional Irish culture in this part of the country. Right. We, we just sort of fell into it by accident uh, at different times, I think. Just heard it and something yeah. clicked, mm-hmm. I guess. Exactly, yeah. It's got it's got a uh, special energy, I guess you'd say, to it that's uh, pretty addictive, I guess. But you guys want to introduce yourselves uh, just one at a time and tell folks who you are and what you do in the band? No, sure. Um, my name is Garrett. I play uh, fiddle and mandolin, kind of alternate between those two, and uh, try to hit, hold down the melody, the melody instruments. So that's that's pretty mm-hmm. much what I what I do. Yeah, I'm Mike. I play uh, mostly guitar, but uh, I might switch off with a, a tenor banjo or penny whistle now and then. And I'm Andy. I play a baron, which is the Irish rain drum, melodica, and I also sing. So. And you guys each play like, <laughs> to me, it's like a radically different. It's like, oh yeah, I play guitar and uh, penny whistle. Like, I don't, I don't, I've never been able to play anything that you like blow through. I've just never grasped that. Is it? Well, that's that's kind of common for the genre because most of the tra- mm-hmm. traditional musicians that we know when we travel or go up to the sessions up in Nashville, those guys will double and triple on instruments easily. Mm-hmm. So that that's very common for this style of music. And so. the whistle's fairly easy, and uh, you know, in mm-hmm. Ireland, kids start out on that. They you know, really? in grammar school, they all mm-hmm. they all learn it, and uh, and uh, amongst Irish musicians. Everybody plays whistle, you know. It may not be their main instrument, but... And I think to some degree dance, too, because some of my favorite drummers now are also primarily dancers. Wow. Or dance very well. So So do you... I mean, uh, for folks that don't know the Boron, it's like a small circular drum with like a little kind of rod that you that used to play yeah the motion's like strumming a guitar except instead of using a pick, you're using a stick. Mm -hmm. It's just, you know, goat skin on a piece of wood, basically. So... Do people dance while they play that? That's what I was wondering. I was like, it's uh, you ju- you're just using your hands. Like, I, seems like never seen it, but well, I suppose it's possible. Well, river dance, I guess, to some yeah, degree. Just yeah, the yeah. legs, crazy <laughs> legs. <laughs> exactly. You could you could spearhead that. Just saying. Uh, no. Well, I mean, I guess river dance has such a, a special relationship with Irish culture because I went to uh-huh. Ireland to a couple of drum workshops, and some of the lecturers at this workshop were re- referring to river dance as the great whore of '94. So, <laughs> so you know, time. Exactly. It's, it's like it's like you know Irish music at a casino. You know, it's like yeah. It's not, it's not, Nothing uh, like pulling the soul out of something and mass producing it to get about ding, 40 ding, people ding, to do it. Exactly. <laughs> I think that like everybody's uh, culture and music gets their turn on like uh, getting destroyed by uh, by some big labels. Just like you know what, if we could put this on a made-for-TV like special, we could sell a lot of tickets that way. Sooner or later, everybody goes to Las Vegas. So. Yep. So y'all, y'all heard about this music before Riverdance is what I'm hearing. <laughs> that was a joke. I'm not just terrible. Well, I, I, I heard about this music because I started hanging around with Mike, and I don't think anybody uh-huh. can hang around with Mike without learning a few tunes. <laughs> and so he's he's kind of responsible for dragging me into this, and I'm 
Yeah, Garrett, Garrett was a classical player at the time, and uh, oh. uh, I convinced him that he would have a lot more fun doing this, and you can drink beer while you rehearse. It's encouraged. That's not encouraged in symphony rehearsals so much, which is, yeah. which is a shame. Were you playing classical violin uh, before you got into this kind of stuff? I was, yeah. I, oh, okay. I, I, and I've done that pretty much for as long as I can remember. I started, I believe, when I was four. That's so, very cool. Um, what, was there a, a big leap in um, holding the melody down on this kind of music as opposed to just like keeping some of the melody lines in a, in a big classical the, piece? The, there was actually probably less uh, less than there should have been because uh-huh. the, the way I learned um, classical music was there, there was a lot of by ear playing instead of... Mm-hmm. And, and my, my reading notes has never been as strong as it should be for um, for the skill set that I have, I think. But in, in traditional music, so much of these tunes are just kind of passed passed along without ever writing them down that it it wasn't as much of a change as it probably should have been had my technique as a classical musician been better. <laughs> <laughs> and when did you pick up the mando? Was that just like, you know, it fits so good? It's well, part of part it, of this it's, music. It's, it's strung the same way as, as a violin. Mm-hmm. So there, there, uh, and, and I, I, when I was in when I was in college, I picked up um, guitar in an effort to meet women, and that didn't really <laughs> that that did not pan out. Um, but I realized at this point, I, I I had the right hand technique for a guitar and the left hand g- technique for a violin, and if you put those together, it's pretty much a mandolin. So, uh, so I, I I got one and and. You know, you could could sort of hack around on it from day one, um, and I think I think now it's probably better than my guitar playing, which is uh, can be generously described as adequate. So, <laughs> generously <laughs> adequate. <laughs> well, why don't we hear a track from this? Will be Black Market Haggis, Black Market Haggis, delicious Haggis, <laughs> with Shannon Bell. <laughs>
That was Black Market Haggis with Shannon Bell. Uh, that'll be on the new CD coming out right around yep. St. Patty's Day correct, of this correct. year. Is when they're aiming for. Yep. And you guys are almost almost done with that. Is that right? Yeah, we're about nine tracks down. We've got uh, two or three more to lay down, um, and it's all just in, at home with a MacBook and a microphone. So <laughs> self self produced work of love, right? Yep. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so how long have you all been uh, putting together that album? Uh, no, we started kind of this summer. We we did some demos earlier this year around uh-huh. January, February timeframe, just for the purpose of putting them up on the website and getting gigs. And then got really serious at probably about early June to early July. And then we just make it a point to come over to my house once a week, if not to rehearse mm-hmm. and work on arrangements at least, just to get down scratch tracks and start you know putting the the, the bones of the album down. And then once, you know, because I teach school and these guys work and stuff. So, but as soon as like the school year proper started, that slowed way down. Right. So it's been kind of when we could. Mm -hmm. So, So, uh, is this the first time y'all have heard yourself like recorder before? Is this a a new thing for most of y'all or? Uh, Well, no, let's see. I've recorded uh, two CDs with Slipjig and uh, Mm -hmm. I guess these guys were both on at least one of those. Yeah. 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 did it change the way you put together your uh, songs or anything? I think I think it kind of informed it. I mean, because to answer that question, like the first time I heard ourselves recorded, no, I've done some Baron session work for some people in Mobile mm-hmm. and some people in Nashville. Yeah. So I, it, it's been, you know, as far as like, you know, recording tracks remotely, you know, being able to be in those situations and see how the, the sausage is made, per se, right. has been able to, I think, inform how we've done this, especially some of the yeah. more challenging tunes, like having to go back... We have a couple a tune on there that's kind of a mix between Greek folk music and Irish folk music. Hmm. And since Greek folk music, you know, changes time signature every other bar, it, it, you can't just simply put on a click track yeah. to make it. So we've actually had to go into like Sibelius and and, and manufacture our own click tracks. And then right, there. yeah. So it's been so seeing seeing other people do it in our experiences in the past, I think, has informed how we've we've put this together. So yeah, and that that kind of like folk music and traditional music. With all that, I mean, some of them just have extra lines on them. Mm-hmm. It's just because the word is really long, so yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. so it's got seven four there yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah. That's I'm sure that is a, a something special on each tune or something. Uh, well, I guess not so not so much with the Irish stuff because it uh-huh. is, these are formally dance tunes. So right. That in order for it to be a dance tune, it has to or have to you know adhere keep to that a certain hold, amount of count. hold yeah. the time. I guess you mm-hmm. you've had more experience. There's plenty of dancers than either Garrett or myself have, right? So. Yeah, prob- probably. Uh, yeah. What you probably notice on on that last tune and and on the rest of them as well is it sounds like several tunes sort of stuck together, uh-huh. different, and and that is because they're all dance tunes. They're all very short, uh, sixteen or thirty two bars long. So you can't play something like that for five minutes and mm-hmm. and not have people fall asleep. So it's it's, <laughs> it's become or get exhausted. Or get together. exhausted, either one. Yeah. Uh, so we end up sticking two or three or or more together, and mm-hmm. th- there's a bit of a it's half art and half science as to how to right. stick tunes together so that it mm-hmm. works. And so it kind of transitions yeah. smoothly, and mm-hmm. and it has a a good uh, resolution. Yeah. Right. Feel. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. So right. It <laughs> takes takes a lot of experimenting. I right. guess. Right. Well, and I guess not 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 even from just that. Not for like you said, a good resolution. I guess not even from a harmonic or style standpoint, going from like a jig to a jig, mm-hmm. but also figuring out the instrumentation of it. The cool thing about you know, I think this one thing playing with two other guys who also double and triple on other instruments mm-hmm. is find creative ways to switch instruments and hide that switch. But right, also, yeah. It makes it much more interesting. 
um, when it's not just you know mandolin, guitar, and drum the whole time. So right, right. And and I guess most of your stuff's recorded like live together around one thing, or do you you plug uh, in a lot? Well, you, I guess mix. Uh, <laughs> it 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 varies really. I guess. Uh-huh. I get, yeah, because I imagine it'd be really challenging. I mean, just like, oh yeah, drop drop that guitar, you know, and pick up this thing, or like well, when someone's covering, yeah, and it's like just not making noise. Now, well, now, that, now that's what something. we do. That's what we do live. I mean, if, uh-huh, if you yeah. watch, if you watch us play, we're always putting down one instrument, yeah. <laughs> picking up another. But uh, now, when we recorded, we we sort of broke things up into segments, yeah, just to make the change a little cleaner. That's what's awesome about all the technology. Oh, oh, yeah. like, you don't yeah. have to. It's like, yeah, we're running out of tape. Go. Yes. We yeah, can only yeah. do one more take. <laughs> yeah. If there's a downside to that, I think it's that you can wind up uh, sounding completely different than. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. it, 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 it reminds me of the old joke of these two pianists talking. One of them says, have you heard my new album? And the other one says, yeah, it's great. Don't you wish you could actually play that way? <laughs> <laughs> right. You've got like five layers. <laughs> An army of you playing all these parts and stuff. Exactly. <laughs> so I, I usually ask bands about uh, their first gig together. Was is there a a, a story about y'all's first gig? Well, first Boy. gig together. Or first gig. First as a gig band? as this. As okay. this. <laughs> as this. Okay. Yeah. That's that's two as, different questions. Really. Black market haggis. I think it was it St. Uh, Patrick's what? Day in 2013 or 2012 something like that i'm pretty sure it was at a brewery wherever yeah. it was oh i do okay yeah it was we okay you know that uh, are we allowed to say the name of local businesses oh yeah okay. yeah sure so straight to ale had their saint patrick's day party mm-hmm. and, and there i think it was us then slip jig then bourbon and shamrocks which means it progressively right. got much more rowdier as it went <laughs> on through the lineup but when we got there like this local rugby team had been there well long well before so our, drinking and pounding <laughs> on the tabletops and so we set up our sound system thinking, oh, man, we're going to have a gig and everybody's going to love listening to us. And all it was, especially because we're in their tank room, and it was mm-hmm. so just everything resonated. And when those guys started <laughs> pounding on the table and doing their rugby mm-hmm. team chants, it was, it was not... It was not like the cotillion gig cotillion we <laughs> hoped it would have been. Nice relaxed atmosphere where yeah. you can hear yourself exactly. a little bit. <laughs> exactly. Yes, I, we like reef because you know you push monitors only so much until they start feeding back, and we were well yeah. past that point. So right. it was all faith in watching each other's hands. <laughs> But you know the drunk rugby players. As long as you're blaring <laughs> something at them, they're gonna be down with it. I'm sure. <laughs> maybe, maybe not. Maybe they're more picky than I thought. I, I think as much. Uh lubrication as they had they were probably good with no music at all actually yeah, they're yeah. gonna enjoy themselves no matter what yeah, we, we made very little difference but uh, it's funny but, i've heard a couple other bands mention rugby drunk rugby teams <laughs> it's not you're not the first uh, well that's at least it's not guys. just us yeah <laughs> very cool so did you um did you guys start playing this music mike especially just on your guitar just because you like playing along with it or did you start with a group or what well, no, I, I just, uh, uh, I heard, I heard a few melodies and thought this is, this is something that I want to, I want to pursue. I was playing mm-hmm. in a, a jazz quintet and a big band at the same, at the time. And I thought it would be so cool to go to a gig with, with just a penny whistle tucked in your jacket. So yeah. that's what I started working right. on really. And, uh, uh. I ended up playing, you know, five or six different instruments and carrying a whole truckload of stuff to a gig, so that that didn't work out. No, I, I I just worked on it by myself for a few years and mm-hmm. then ran into some other people that played and and that just kind of snowballed over over the years. 
So for this project, did you seek out, like, uh, I need that melody player and, like, just look for a violinist, and that's how you uh, met up with Garrett here? And No, no, not really. I mean, I've, I've, I've known Garrett and Andy for years. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, they, they actually started the group and uh, kind of needed a guitar player and got, no, got, me, to, way around. got me to come <laughs> in. Yeah, it, it was, really. Um, well, I imagine there's not a ton of Bowron players <laughs> well, there, there aren't there aren't many no it's it's kind of, well because the baron and irish traditional music you know because the penny whistle can be hard to learn to get to a point where you can actually play mm-hmm. in a session or so can fiddle violin it's and especially elon pipes and baron's like that one instrument where you want a connection to the to the music so everybody looks at the drum and goes oh that's got to be so much easier i can do that uh-huh. and so as a result you'll have people that come into sessions and play that drum and not know what they're doing and easily uh-huh. wreck the session so uh-huh. it's kind of the joke is it's the instrument that everybody wants to play but nobody wants to hear uh-huh. So, because I mean, I've I've walked into sessions where you know that aren't my home session with a round case, and automatically there's a mark against you. You know, really? Yeah. Oh, yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. So it's a, it's a. Yeah, the assumption is you you don't know what you're doing, so people will will try to explain to you how to how to fit in. <laughs> oh yeah. But uh, uh, really, Andy's one of the best players in North America. He's uh, he you know he's written books and and. <laughs> Goes all over the country teaching workshops and things. Uh-huh. So you know, when he sits down and plays, people people know that he knows what he's doing. Well, very cool. Well, let's just hear another track. It'll be Black Market Haggis with uh, Babes in the Woods.
That was Babes in the Woods. It's a great name. I like it. Um, yeah, it's a. <laughs> I guess something who was it? Yeah, you know, there's a story behind this because more, normally most Irish traditional music is just jigs and reels, and mm-hmm. then this one is particularly set of polkas. It's much faster. It's much peppier and livelier. And there's kind of a, a non-academic story about how the Irish came to polkas because mm-hmm. you think polka and you think more Eastern European as mm-hmm. opposed to Western European and British Isles. And the answer behind that is the Napoleonic Wars is because Napoleon hired mercenary soldiers to fight the English, and one of the mercenary uh, bodies he, uh, he made the offer to was the Irish. And so if you're an Irishman, you know, living back then and going, and somebody asked you, hey, would you like a chance to kill the English? And all the Irish <laughs> were like, hell yes, yeah. I would. Wait, we so, get paid too? What? Exactly. So the idea is that all these Irish mercenary soldiers were in parts of mainland Europe waiting mm, to assault right. England, and, you know, with, 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 with the Germans and Austrians, people from all over Europe. So they shared their cooking, their spices, mm-hmm. their language, and also their, their traditional tunes. And this is the way the polka got back to Ireland. Oh, that's then, pretty cool. Yep. And, uh... So explain to folks who don't know the difference between jigs, reels, and all that stuff, or just like a handful of them at least. Well, they're, they're all dance tunes, uh-huh. and, and those are those are really the names of dances, and the, okay. they, these are the tune forms that, that fit those dances. Very cool. Uh, you know, if you're a musician, uh, uh, reels are in 4-4, four, four, or cut time, mm-hmm. uh, jigs are in 6-8, uh, slip jigs are in 9-8, and... Uh, let's see, polkas are in two four. It's it's you know it's really right. just just rhythms. So they kind of I guess they kind of grew along with the, like the steps and the stuff that went along. Exactly, with them. exactly. Mm-hmm. That's interesting because there's there's so much music that's either been it, like modified or invented because of dance or changed mm-hmm. later on. Because I know um, there's a lot of people. There's a pretty big swing dance community around here mm-hmm. and in in Nashville and some other places. I don't know why it's it's kind of abnormally large in Huntsville. There's just like a lot of young people too that are really into it, which is cool. Um, but they 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 make a distinction between which bands they like and stuff because people will play great, but they don't play for dancers, kind of thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And and it, it's so much things to take into account when you're playing for an audience that's moving with you. You know, yeah. it's like are you like you said before, are you gonna wear them out? Like, are they gonna get bored with the same thing or like uh, all that stuff? So I, I guess there's a there's a lot, a lot of um, different types of music that y'all can draw from. Yep. And is it, is it all mainly um, Irish dance that y'all run off of? Um, mostly, uh, I guess we do. Uh, uh, we do some Scottish stuff and some mm-hmm. some Cape Breton and and other Celtic type things. We and- do. It's starting to, to broaden out because on our car trips, and I'm sure you experience this with your own bands, is when you get mm-hmm. a chance to be in a car with your bandmates and start throwing around recordings, you find things that inspire you and that you all like and right. want to do. One of the things, we, we, we covered a Brandy Carlisle song, mm-hmm. Keep Your Heart Young, just because it felt good. and we So that's kind of made, some of those songs have made its way in. Then then we introduced Garrett to 50 Ways to Leave Your Lover by Paul Simon. Uh-huh. And I can actually play that drum beat on the Baron. So we've talked about <laughs> doing like awesome. a Celtic version no, you of, should. You of should. 50 Ways to Leave Your Lover. <laughs> and it's, it, so yeah, mainly Irish and Scottish, but you know it's, things are starting to creep in. You know, I guess more and more from other places. Like like every other band in existence, we've had people yell "Free Bird" at us. So uh, <laughs> maybe we so, need a Celtic yeah, version of "Free Bird." We're talking about <laughs> looking at Free Bird. We need more mandolins <laughs> yeah, you know, for solos. Get, <laughs> trying to get these guys to like Tool, but <laughs> <laughs> that could be amazing or terrifying or yeah. both. I don't know. <laughs> 
So very cool. So uh, what kind of what kind of venues and stuff do y'all prefer to play? Do you prefer like the pubs and stuff where people? <laughs> do you like the rugby uh, clubs and? <laughs> well, I mean, I think a lot a lot of what we've done in the past has been you know, um, coffee shops and breweries, mm-hmm. um, and and a lot of times in those, um, there's a lot less pressure because we're kind of being treated as background noise. Yeah. Um, most people don't go to a brewery to hear live music; they go to drink beer. So. Uh, we we don't have a the the pressure of being the main attraction. I think the, I think the gigs probably that have been more demanding but more rewarding are these ones um, where people are actually there to hear music. So, right. Yeah. Um, so there was there was I guess one in Fort Payne yeah. a while back. And, we just yeah we just yeah. did one on Thursday night called for a show called Radio Visions. Uh-huh. By a guy named Russell Gully in Fort Payne, and it's kind of the same thing like here, which you know it's music with an interview. And we also oh, did cool. one at a um, a coffee shop at a Unitarian Universalist church. Up in huh. Chattanooga, and like the audience was about as close to us as they just you know, you know <laughs> right. It was, yeah. and that's kind of one thing because like when you're on a, again like in a bar and a stage and people are there to drink beer, you got kind of the filter of the sound system. But when they're sitting right in front of you, you can't hide anything. Right. And so those are they're looking right well, at yes. you. So if you put on that terrible face, <laughs> like oh, yeah. you're really yeah. messed up. Man. Yeah, I guess our, yeah, our favorite stuff is really in a a very small room where there's no sound system, just completely yeah. unplugged, and uh, and. We're casual enough that you know we can converse with the audience between right. between tunes and, well, that's and what's they'll, cool they'll, they'll stop and ask a question. Hey, what do you call that instrument? Or right. what was the name of that? And then just yeah, converse a little bit and then play another tune. It's it's fun for us. It's fun for them. Well, this is, this is not formal music. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. um, well, I think a lot of people associate it with an atmosphere too. Mm-hmm. Like Absolutely. it's it's like a it's a jubilant kind of I don't know it's atmospheric music to me like it kind of brings me to a place I guess you'd say yep. which is cool but what's nice about y'all setup too is you do have like all those acoustic based instruments that you don't have to rely on you know <laughs> like oh my amp's not working I can't yep. play my boron or <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly <laughs> like all oh, about my plug up it's not good yeah. so y'all got a couple more tracks for me and this will these will be on the new CD is that right. Yes, yes, that's Very correct. Cool. And it's all at betterthanitsounds.com. <laughs> that's, that's, you want, well, well I, I don't really know if we, the, the, the uh, haggis does not sound uh, to most Americans like something that is, they want to hear. Sounds like, sounds uh, like haggis. Right. I think most Just Americans like would prefer no, no association with it at all. So um, when we were kind of kicking around band names, the, the slogan of, uh, you know, haggis. Well, gosh, that's going to be terrible for marketing. How do we want people to to want to hear us? And uh, <laughs> it's, 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 it's better than the sound. <laughs> it was, Don't uh, worry. What, what became kind of a snarky side comment wound up being kind of the uh, the I'll URL register that and, domain in tonight. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you better. So <laughs> No, that's very yeah. cool, and I like uh, explaining what haggis is to people, just because it's such a fun <laughs> idea. People are like, "What is that?" It's like, it's it's interesting. <laughs> yeah. Now, is that it? Is that a Scottish food it, or it an Irish? Yeah. yeah, Scottish. Okay, yeah. <laughs> we won't. We'll make people look it up. We're not even going to explain it to them, right. like yeah. so they can get all the pictures and stuff. That's what they need. Yes, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. But these guys don't sound like haggis. No, <laughs> but no, they no. are black market haggis. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. Well, let's hear another one. This will be Black Market Haggis with uh, the Moontown set. Mm-hmm. 
back with Black Market Haggis. That was uh, that was original composition, right? Uh, right. Very cool. And that's that's yours, Mike, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's the Moontown set, I guess, based off Moontown Airport, which is a pretty cool place uh, near Huntsville, I guess to say, northeast. I suppose. Right. That's that's where I live. I I write a number of tunes that are uh, like this. You know, uh-huh. just just dance tunes uh, in the in the same uh, in the same vein as as all of these really old tunes we play and names are pretty arbitrary i mean there's thousands and thousands of tunes and and they have to be named something Mm -hmm. so people just pick out you know the ugly lamp or the broken chair or you know whatever (laughs) just whatever whatever they see and broken chair version two not right (laughs) and you know i just started naming tunes after areas of madison county so oh that's cool so this one just happened to fall on did you like make the tracks and then like you know that kind of reminds me of that or do they or is it part of where they're made or anything Uh, no um just a handy cataloging just, system. Just, just a, <laughs> really, just a cataloging system. That, that's right. I, it works better than jig number four or something. Oh like yeah, that. yeah. I hate when people name uh, restaurants or businesses like a number, like you know, amendment whatever or campus whatever. <laughs> like no, I love straight to ale and yellowhammer, but they're like campus eight oh something, yes, and I have no yeah. idea. It's always a number. It's like I'm never gonna remember that random number. At least yeah. with black market haggis, you know, you get it. You get this image in your head yeah. that you can if, if hold ever, on to. If you've ever had haggis, that's something you'll never forget. <laughs> never, I've never tried it, but I'm not sure. Yeah. If I'll, I'll probably just wait until I get a really like uh, legit haggis. No black market. Where did that name come from, by the way? Like, well, I mean. The there's there's kind of been, been the standing joke of you know somebody says an odd phrase and you write it down because man that would be that would be a great band name and now now, <laughs> now I think people say you know that'd be a great you know name for a Tumblr account or something like that you know it's, it's, uh, so we heard odd phrases and basically wrote, you know wrote them down and you know just just uh, almost just as a running joke for for a long period of time and then we when we actually. Um, had to announce yourself. Yes, exactly. <laughs> had to come up with a band name. We just kind of went back to the list, and and this one was either the most ridiculous or the least ridiculous, I'd, or, or the one it, that wasn't already used. Right. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> a, a, an amazing number of uh, of band names have already been used by other bands. Uh, like we were thinking about, I think uh, the Beatles. And man, some British guys. Was, yeah, so Who's ever heard of them? Taken. So um, Michael Jackson. I don't yeah, know. No. But just not taken. Yeah. When when. <laughs> When when we googled black market haggis, we did not find any bands. Although we found uh, quite a number of other interesting things, I imagine the Department of Justice may be looking into. <laughs> we actually we got a call about a year and a half ago from a guy named Adam Gabbett. He's a reporter for the Guardian UK, and uh, this is not a joke. If you want, I can send you the actual recording of the voice memo that he sent us. But he was doing a report, or like, or just kind of a human interest piece on the Scottish diaspora inside the United States, uh-huh. and he's talking about, in particular, Burns Night, and where do you find real haggis for these Burns Night festivities? And so he Google black market haggis, and we were like the first thing to come up. So he calls us, and I work at the Randolph School, and I was talking to him in the parking lot, and he's asking me, "Do you know where you can find this stuff?" And I was like, "No, man, we're just a band, dude. We just play tunes." Hey, man, can you get me the line? On the haggis? <laughs> exactly, exactly. That haggis but, line. He he did something in the in the article that was really kind of not for those of you listening. You can tell obviously I'm I not I don't sound like a southerner. This really annoyed Andy. Oh, big time! So and when the article actually came out, and it's linked on our website. He said that you know he do you know where you could find black market haggis? And then the next for sentence in quotations was, 
no, I don't know where you could find it, said a confused man in a thick southern accent. And I was, <laughs> oh, it, southern. It, it was, it was neither confused nor was it a southern accent. So I just, it was the. No, man, don't know. <laughs> I don't know about that. And we still don't know anything about black market haggis. No. We have nothing to do with it. That's right. If there's been any poisoning, it's not us, FDA. Any USDA people listening? No, we don't. We don't well, know a thing. It's weird. I don't think I have a very strong accent, but some people from the north will say that. I mean, I guess just because we lack like a Boston yeah. or like, <laughs> a New York accent, that it's just like, yeah, that's probably southern, I guess. Like, uh, but I, I don't know if this was if it was picking on southerners or if it was just oh those those crazy colonials, you know, <laughs> <laughs> wacky colonials. Yeah. And, and the funny thing, because like you know, obviously don't sound so. And at the end of that conversation too, I asked him I was like. You're from Manchester, aren't you? He's like, yeah, I am. It's like I was able to like nail him on his <laughs> accent from where he came from, but he's. But I guess to the, we all sound the same. I get, yeah, they're not. <laughs> so, no, no. They're not educated on our uh, all our kaleidoscope <laughs> of accents, I guess. Yeah. But really, to me, there's only like three southern accents. There's like Louisiana, there's <laughs> South, and then there's that. It's like yeah. it. But Huntsville's such a weird place because if you call up someone random in Huntsville, it's like you're as, as likely to get an Indian accent or like any other like there's oh so many God. transplants here yes it's, it's yes, a sure. really strange place it's and not not just from from the united states too i mean just going down jordan lane is like the food yeah. court of the united nations oh yeah I mean, it's got the greek restaurant yes, right yeah, next yeah. to like the korean <clears throat> restaurant which next, is across yeah. the street from like <laughs> yeah. the chinese buffet is right down there that's what's great about huntsville though yeah, it's it's, yeah. it's like uh the train wreck of culture it's just yeah. but it's a beautiful train wreck i like that's why we're here yep. to experience it. But thanks again for y'all coming in. Yep. Um, we've got you'll be at Grounded Coffee, nineteenth of December on County Line Road, uh, right near Huntsville here, and the sixteenth of December at Randolph School, playing with the uh, sixth grade choir. Uh, Is yep, that it? Yep, 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 yep. So you'll just be backing them up with your regular instruments, I guess. Yes. Are they singing yes. like traditional Irish music? Or? They're doing a traditional Irish tune in a choir style. Hmm. So. Very cool, and and you have a hand in working over Randolpher. I yeah I do. I, I'm a, I teach percussion there. So ah, so, so did you did uh, <laughs> your goings on in percussion like learning different stuff? Did you just hear the Boron one time and? It was mostly from boredom. Like when I moved here, we moved here. <laughs> no, seriously. I need to master you laugh, something. You laugh. Well, we moved here because of my wife's job, and you might know this because you went to high school here in Huntsville, right? Uh-huh, I did. So, like when I moved here, I, I had been a, an assistant high school band director in Birmingham, and mm-hmm. when I moved here, it's like all the band directors had their jobs for decades, and somebody needed to die before a position opened up. And <laughs> That's nobody, true. People hold on. To yeah, their exactly. Stuff here. And nobody, like... nobody died, so I ended up teaching freelance. And um, I had a fair amount of free time, and it's obviously I couldn't watch Netflix all day, so I learned, said, I'll master mm-hmm. another, try another instrument, and this drum came up. So were you originally, did you play, like, uh, marimba set, that sort of, like, traditional I was stuff? A, yeah, I was a band geek, yep, in every sense. Mm-hmm. And I, I always laugh when Andy tells me this story, because it's just amazing to me that, you know, he's he's not, he's made himself into one of the best players on this instrument in in the United States, and the reason is I was bored, and it's just like <laughs> this, that's not fair. This, this makes me talented feel like, people. Oh gosh, you know, I've, I, I I I should be more bored, and maybe I can write New York Times bestsellers in my spare time. You know, why not? You know, it's, it's, I just I just need to stop doing interesting things and then get some boredom going on. <laughs> well, just because it's interesting doesn't mean you can necessarily make money out of it. Well, so. Oh yeah. <laughs> We'll ask any musician about making yeah, money. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, 
but that's a, we feel the same way when we interview these like uh 17 year old players that come in here and it's like yeah i was i was tired one night and then I, I just got an idea for a song and i wrote this song and it's like amazing <laughs> like, it's not fair you're not old enough to be able to do anything you like, haven't paid your dues kid you should, you should yeah. be working a bad job like i was like, yep. <laughs> why are you just being talented not fair but uh, thanks for coming in again, guys. They've yeah, got that album. Us. The album will be coming out around St. Patty's Day of this year. And uh, do y'all have a do you do you have a potential gig or something lined up? Are you gonna have a CD release party? You, you have any plans? I mean, just in the in the air. Uh, we, we yeah, we probably need to get on that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know for sure. Um, and this is this is kind of stuff that we usually about this time of year is when we really start wrapping up the dates and times for those kind of gigs. Um, mm-hmm. We'll be playing it straight to Ales St. Patrick's Day festivities they have multiple bands all day long very cool um, we'll probably hopefully we'll see the drunk rugby guys again yes too. It, wouldn't, it wouldn't be st pat's day without them <laughs> we usually do a show on st patrick's day with slip jig and stuff uh very at, cool at the flying monkey so that maybe that's coming not they'll down be yet. busy one way or another yes right? yeah. yeah and then we also i think we got we're trying to line up a few things between um uh, Tullahoma, tennessee and um hoover because there's a, I guess oh, cool. they don't have the down up here, but Beef O'Brady's has a big mm-hmm. St. Patrick's Day parking lot party that we may be a part of. So very cool, yeah. And that may be uh, in this new Straight to Ale building by then, I guess. Oh my gosh! Every yeah. time we drive by that, yeah, it's straight to cooler yes. and cooler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yellow Hammer and Straight to Ale. Yes. Like, I'm don't, so glad they're coming together too. Yeah, yeah. We don't know what's going on inside, but uh, right. on the outside, it looks pretty exciting. Yeah, yeah. and I guess uh, y'all said you played played there probably in. Some of the earlier days of Straight to Ale, they were kind of the first big name, I think, to come out in brewery, I feel like. Mm-hmm. The yeah. first big one. And I feel like um, I'm sure there's a lot of small breweries that were inspired by them because mm-hmm. we've got like, smaller venues like uh, Salty Nut and uh, I guess uh, I think they're called Blue Mad Hops now. Yeah. Or Blue Pants has a lot of music. Blue Pants, too. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they have a good backyard from what I hear. Oh, Yellow Hammer. Great backyard, yeah. But I, I'm really happy that Straight to Hell and Yellow Hammer are uh, coming together because they're like our two two premier brands and yep, yep. you know in birmingham they have some really big breweries but they're all kind of in competition but mm-hmm. i'm so happy we're gonna i think they should just call it the beer mall like that's my <laughs> yeah. the mall for beer that's that's better than campus 80 positive integer or whatever it is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah this is a shout out to you <laughs> hey guys we we fixed your marketing for you <laughs> yep. our uh our focus group of us four and Dan. <laughs> Dan. Dan is the final word on it. But thanks again for coming in. We've got one more track from uh, off the new album, Concertina Real Set. Do you guys want to talk about this one a little bit before we uh, jam it out for him? Uh, I guess, you know, this is kind of a little bit different than that. You know, usually, the, well, the drum kind of gets kind of a little feature, or at least it's brought to the Ford more in the second tune. Drum set, solo. Not really a drum solo. It's just, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a more um, in the front or foreground setting mm-hmm. of it because it's just the drum and the melody. Yeah, it doesn't happen too often, you know, in some of the Irish traditional music that you'll hear out there. It happens some, especially more younger, more modern groups, but it's uh, it's different in that respect. So, Well, I got one question before you go. How do you change the tone on that thing? Because <laughs> I hear you bending those <laughs> notes. Like, how does that physically work? <laughs> um, you, you squeeze the stick harder. Really? <laughs> no. No. <laughs> no. See, I have no idea. I'll be like, I'll believe you. Have you ever it's seen the, the, It's the French horn of drums. Have you ever seen The Devil's Advocate or Faust or... <laughs> I have. <laughs> No, it's 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 just the skin, as with any other you know vibrating membrane. You can either mute it 
or mm-hmm. you can um, add tension or decrease tension. So by pressing your hand into the back or leaving. Okay, so you, like your extra fingers that you're not holding the drum exactly. up with. You're just kind of in. Yep. That's very cool. Just, well, let's hear it. This will be Concertina with Black Market Haggis. You can see him at Grounded Coffee the 19th of December on County Line Road or the 16th of December with Randolph 6th uh, grade, I think, is the, yeah. the, the lovely guy nope. you guys with. You're gonna move up though. I'm telling you, next year it's gonna be seventh grade. Seventh grade, if we're not playing <laughs> for that concert. Graduate. Yet. Apparently, we we really relate well to sixth graders. So, uh, <laughs> they just figure. let you stand in with each class, and then yeah. whoever laughs yep. the most, they're just like, "Yes, that's where they belong." They treat us as equals. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. You but laugh. you can hear all their music or some of their older tracks at BetterThanItSounds.com. They have a YouTube with some videos on there. They got Facebook, and I guess Facebook is the best place for people to like keep Actually, up with your website, stuff. Website, website, yeah. yeah, the website, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so. yeah, and I'm glad you guys have a website. Not every band, it's like every band has the the tiny Instagram <laughs> like profile yep. blurb or something. Not everybody has that, so yeah, go check that out. And uh, this will be Black Market Haggis with Concertina Real Set. <laughs> Thank you. 
Banana! This has been a production of Spice Radio from Huntsville, Alabama. You guys know what you want, and you don't have to do too much to get it. Get with us at spice-radio.com. If you have a podcast, you make music or art, or you have an event that you want to promote in the Tennessee Valley, you can find us at www.facebook.com slash Spice Radio Huntsville, or on Twitter at Spice Radio HSV. And again, our website, spice-radio.com.